Morgen, dear HIC Family. Welcome back to our Hotelcast, the Hospitality Audio Experience. Still not enough about digitalization and automation? Congrats! Looking at all the data and files around this podcast, there's a lot I need to clean up. But that's another topic. Since it's not just us, but a lot of hoteliers, we invited an expert in this field to talk about all things data. Sandro. He will not only give you valuable tips and tricks, he'll also provide you a guide on how to probably analyze and clean up your data. Specifically, he talks about guest segmentation, personalization, and upselling. Don't believe it? Well, tune in and listen to it. Enjoy our latest HIC Hotelcast episode, powered by Duetto. Welcome back to the HIC Talk Stage. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is still Ellen, I'm still here, yes, and um, today we will hear something from Sandro Christofori from, um, uh, sorry, SHR. SHR, I'm so sorry, a little bit excited today, and he will talk about the topic, how to use guest data to upsell more. Thank you, Sandro, and if someone has questions, please raise your hands and I will come to you, okay? Enjoy. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, nice to have have you here. Hello, everybody online. And uh, yeah, please, if there's any questions in between, let's keep it interactive. We have uh, half an hour together, so quite some time. Uh, ask the questions in between. I'm happy to, happy to go through with you. Um, yeah, like, uh, thank you very much for the introduction, Ellen. I'm, I'm Sandro. I'm director of um, business development and sales for SHR, Central Europe and uh, also Middle East. I'm a, I'm a hotelier by heart, actually, so I studied hospitality management and I worked uh, 15 years mainly in F&B operations management, that's where I'm coming from. And um, back in the days I started the first digitalization automation projects on the hotel side when I worked for Mandarin Oriental Hotels. And um, yeah, now I'm a couple of years specialized in, in the tech side of, the whole, um, of, of, of this beautiful industry we're working in. So what are we going through in this um, session today? I want to go with you through different topics, starting with uh, data is the new oil. Afterwards, we go to un understanding the guest data. From there into the segmentation, intelligent segmentation, RFM analysis, um, a keyword here. And uh, finally then arriving to the upselling part of it, how we can actually use this data to upsell more. Let's start with this one. Data is definitely the new oil. Um, what I really like about this picture, I mean, you all have seen these, uh, you all know these companies. Um, what I really like about the fact of oil is, uh, or the, the concept behind it is, that the same like oil, as long as it's raw data, like raw oil, you cannot really do anything with it, right? So properly refined, um, this, data very quickly gets information. Information which allows company to, to work with it. Um, I think this screen is going in power saving mode very soon. <laughs> so, like I said, the concept behind data is... Uh, thank you very much. Like I said before, the concept behind data is it's not, it's not really value, valuable as long as it is raw. And uh, once it is refined, you can actually really do something with it. Let's go to the next one. So 
understanding the data. This one here is actually a chart from Deloitte, which is from before COVID. And I chose this with intention because we have seen a lot of statistics now as a result out of COVID and so on. But this is actually something which was already in 2018, 2019, um, before COVID. Guests actually want you to use their data. They want you to engage with them. They want you to, to wow them, to, to excite them. Yeah? And um, we can see here, for example, 66% of the guests are saying, do personalize, engage with me, do it, do it in an authentic way, in an attentive way. 62% um, are saying, hear me, empathize with me, listen to me. 67% are saying, empower me, drive my experience. And 56% are saying, delight me, create moments um, which are actually surprising me. So let us understand this guest data more. Yeah? We are gathering data about the guests during the whole guest journey. And we have a couple of examples here about know me, engage me, delight me, empower me, hear me. And finally, we, the circle closes and we arrive to know me again. Yeah? So interesting, I think, definitely is here that um, what we see on, um, during the booking process, during know me, plus minus 23% of the guests are actually saying that if you adjust the travel experience, they will have a greater experience. So looking into this um, and working with this data will not only help you to, well, generate more revenue, but also actually increase their satisfaction, increase their stay, increase their experience with you. So I think one very important topic is, like we said in the beginning, the raw data. Uh, you cannot really do anything with it. But even worse than raw data is the bad data. Yeah. So um, even with the best um, intentions and training in place, you will always have different um, different areas where it happens very easily to actually put wrong data into the system, have different silos of data which are not um, combining the data in the right way, or the data is just old and not actual anymore. Yeah? We see in a lot of implementations we are doing that hoteliers are actually really proud and saying, I have this huge guest database of um, 15 years of history. Um, there's actually statistics showing that the average CRM data has a decay of 30% per year. In the Silicon Valley, there's even companies that have a decay rate of around 70% per, per year. So that means as long as the data is really bad, on, sorry for my French, but shit in, shit out. Yeah? If you're not really taking care of the data, of the process, how do you later want to work with it? And let me tell you a little personal experience. Um, so I was doing a, a reservation for my mom in a hotel in Barcelona, and when she was arriving, uh, on the day I called the hotel again, and they didn't have the reservation. So I said, Mom, maybe you put it in my name. Yeah, it was in my name in the end. Um, we arrived together to the check-in. They still hadn't changed it, and the front desk guy was just going into the system, changing the first name, pressing enter, and that was it. Yeah, so it still had my address, my email address, my phone number. So we really have to think about um, data as a culture 
and from the first moment that we put it into the system until that we finally work with it in the marketing team or in the sales team, that we really have a process in place for this. So I want to help you a little bit with giving you a little bit of advice of how you can actually clean up your data. Doesn't matter which CRM you're using. Um, doesn't matter which CRM you're actually using, but um, even even you are still working with Excel, for example, there's different um, different tricks or a certain way you, if you follow it, how you can um, clean up your data. First one, set different parameters. Yeah, so you really need to choose. Okay, what is important for you? Which fields do you really want to have? Yeah. Sometimes it's maybe even that there are certain things which are unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, you also have to think about, okay, what are your different systems are able of doing? There's, for example, a lot of older PMS systems. In the moment you're not putting a country code, the PMS system automatically pulls the country code from where the hotel is based at. So that means in the end you will have a lot of guests actually coming from the neighborhood, um, by, which is not true because you just never, never knew where they actually were coming from. Next one is you have to validate the accuracy, so you actually have to perform an audit of the database. Yeah, in, um, if you're working with a CRM, in the moment you're implementing the CRM, usually the providers are doing this cleaning for you. But it's also up to you to continuously um, validate this accuracy, look at the different silos where you're storing the data, compare them with each other, and check if this data is correctly. This has to be, again, a culture. This has to be a process in your business working with this. And think about the first, uh, the first picture. Yeah? We all know companies like Google, Tesla, uh, Netflix, whatever it is. These are the most, the richest companies in the world nowadays. And what are they working with? They're working with data. Next one is identify and eliminate the duplicates. Very important. Don't stick to the bad data. Don't stick to having a lot of um, get, um, multiple profiles in your system. There again, if working with a modern CRM will allow you to have certain match and merge functionalities. But even though you put a manual process in place, it's very important to clean up your duplicates and make sure um, that the same guest has only one profile. So we all know that if you receive a certain booking from uh, OTAs, that they will always generate a new email address for it. But there's other things, there's other fields like the address, the first name, the mobile phone number, um, how you can find out if this is maybe not the same guest, the same profile, so you can recognize them on property level, during the booking process, and also afterwards. Delete the inactive and the junk accounts. So with this, I mean no marketer uh, actually wants to work with this data and sends out promotions to dead profiles or wrong email addresses. After all, standardize the input. So in all your different outlets, in the F&B, bar, reception, like uh, the example with my mother, try to really standardize and make it um, as easy as possible and also explain it to your, uh, to your staff why this is important and why you're working with this and uh, have a certain process in place. And after all, once you have done all this, 
you are actually not done with it. You have to do it regularly. You have to continuously monitor this data and um, yeah, clean it over and over again to keep on working with it. Otherwise, you will be directly in the beginning again and it was not really, really uh, worth it to do it. That brings me to our next topic, intelligence segmentation and personalization. So personalization, we all have heard it a lot, and I think we actually, uh, in the moment we are in front of the guests, we are all really professionals in delivering a personalized service. Yeah, We are really good in um, knowing the different, different types of guests once they are in front of us. So is it a business traveler? Is it a couple? Is it um, uh, a group of travelers? We, are, we have a good feeling for it, but what about during the, during the guest journey before they're actually arriving in our hotel? So they are usually, the segmentation is about um, age groups, genders, where you're coming from, geolocations. But if we dive deeper into, I want to share some statistics with you. Um, again, we, we, we Germans, we love the statistics, so let's pull some up. We have here 48% um, so pure, uh, poorly curated product presentations, and this is actually statistics coming from an e-commerce uh, world. So purely curated product presentation and recommendations force 48% of consumers to abandon a company's website. So think about it, what your booking engine, what kind of experience is your booking engine delivering? Are you actually close to that? Internet retailer, that's a uh, research platform, internet retailer found 80% of consumers like it when emails recommend relevant products based on their previous purchases. Interesting. Um, we all think like, okay, we, we, we have cookie blockers and this and that, but we actually like to have the advertisement personalized for us. At least 80% of the people are saying this. 93%. E-consultancy found 93% of companies see an uplift in conversion rates when using personalization. And what I want to have you think about is, think of the last email promotion you received. Just because it had your name in the header, did it feel like the content had been especially designed and created for you? Only because it was mentioning your name? So let us look into the guest profile segmentation and personalization data. We said already, okay, there's a couple of or many areas, many fields um, with where we can collect certain data points. And this list here is not complete. Yeah, we, we go through a couple. Personal guest data, so that can be the birthday, the gender, the geolocation, language, family members, age, anniversaries, hobbies, the stay data. So when is actually check-in and check-out? The room type, the rate, the day of the week, add-ons, extras, reservation source, future stay, can be also the lead time until you receive the reservation. Preferences, spa and wellness, food and F&B preferences, um, diets, allergies, stay um, reasons, and historical data, of course, booking channels, Booking dates, when did they stay with you, the lead times, the reservation spent, the total spent, um, the room spent, the number of stays, also the loyalty tier level. This is all data points. 
I'm sure many of you are collecting them. Are you really, ask yourself, are you really already using them? Are you really um, using them in a, in a daily level? Yeah. And here may be another, another story I've told already many, many times um, in my life. And, and that shows what a, what a wow moment it was. So I was staying in a hotel in Paris from an international luxury group. And um, I have 45, 46, my shoe size. My uh, wife has 37. So when I went to the bathroom, there was slippers there in, in a standard size. And I actually called the reception and asked, can we get one in 37 and one in 46, please? And they kindly brought them to, you, to us. Two years later, I was staying in the same hotel group in Bangkok. And the first thing I recognized was when I went to the bathroom, they had slippers there in 37 and 46. And that was two years later, and it directly remembered me that in this moment in Paris, they collected this, this data from me, this preference. And we're not talking about sensible data like my mobile phone number to call me up from time to time to try to sell me something. We're just talking about the shoe size. Are you really, do you care if somebody knows this or not? And if they make your stay nicer with it, that's a great wow moment. It doesn't really cost you a lot of money, not much effort. Even a budget group could, could actually put that process in place. But there's more about it. So let's look into behavioral segmentation. While traditional segmentation, the one we just looked at, um, places focus on cons who consumers are, behavioral segmentation looks at how they behave. So these kind of patterns consider how different people interact with your brand and make certain purchasing decisions. The data obtained through this behavioral segmentation can help with upselling for two main reasons, placing priority and personalization. Has anybody of you heard already of the RFM analysis? Do you know what it is? Okay. So RFM is a marketing technique used for analyzing customer behavior and to improve customer segmentation by dividing customers into various groups for future personalized marketing and services. RFM analysis depends on recency, frequency, and monetary measures, which are three very important um, purchase-related variables. So recency is actually the interval um, between the latest consuming behavior, so how recent has somebody bought from you. Um, frequency is the number of transitions that a customer has made, so how many times did they book with you or buy from you. And monetary refers to the cumulative total of money spent. So modern companies, if you look at companies like Amazon, for example, they are working with RFM analysis in a lot of different areas. And again, I want to share some interesting number with you. Amazon, the recommendation engine Amazon is using, so when they are actually recommending a product to you after they know from you what you have bought during the last couple of months, years, one third, one third of the revenue from Amazon comes from this recommendation engine. So it's actually not a product somebody is looking for. It's something somebody gets recommended. Think about this amount of number. It's one of the most richest companies in the world. And one third of their revenue comes from the recommendation engine. 
So let's go over to the upselling part of it. And um, this is actually, I always loved upselling when I was in FMB. We had challenges, we had competitions in the team. Um, but if you look around, there's many areas where, where we see it, the typical one, do you want fries with it? McDonald's is a very great example for it. They will ask you, do you want fries with it? Do you want to have maxi? Do you want to have a dessert? Uh, do you want extra sauce? So in a lot of moments, this is actually also really working out. If you collect the data in F&B, um, a very typical situation in a restaurant would be that somebody, that the waiter comes after the lunch and says, does anybody want to have a coffee? Do you want to have an espresso? And I say, no, thank you. Just a check, please. But if you know, for example, that these, that these guests are not coffee drinkers, but tea drinkers, for example, and we would go and ask a question and say, would anybody like to have a coffee or a green tea? Maybe, psychologically, they would actually say, oh yeah, green tea is actually a nice idea. Thank you very much. And that's exactly what we can learn from other industries. Or how many of you have arrived by plane here? I mean, nowadays, uh, especially the low-cost airlines, you have to buy, pay for everything extra. They sell you, cross-sell you everything extra. There can be uh, extra luggage that, I mean, uh, low-cost airlines don't even let you take a bag with you anymore apart from your handbag or your laptop bag without paying extra for it. So let us understand the upselling a little bit more. What are the benefits of upselling? Marketing metrics, so that's a, um, um, a, a company from Forbes, they claim that probably uh, the probability of selling to a new prospect is 5 to 20%. But the probability of selling actually to a customer from you, to somebody who is already buying from you, is 60 to 70%. So we are actually, we in hotels, the classic way of upselling is to have certain add-ons um, during the um, in the booking engine in the moment somebody is booking with you. But actually, in this moment when somebody is already spending money, it's not the best time to upsell. The other moment when we are upselling usually by history historically is during the check-in process. But the check-in process again is actually not the best moment to upsell, as people are arriving, they just want to go to the room, they want to relax. So think about in between or during this day or different times of the guest journey where you can actually or how you could actually upsell to your guest. But before we dive more into this, what is upselling? Upselling is quite simply offering your customers relevant extras, relevant to make their stay or event even better. Upselling involves getting a customer to spend more on the current product consideration, such as upgrading their choice of room while Cross-selling involves selling ancillary products or services, such as spa treatment, local tours, um, F&B specials, on top of their room. When thinking about upselling, we always think about increased revenue. So besides increased revenue, upselling offers actually a number of benefits, which are very, very important. Some of them include increased customer satisfaction and loyalty through service, which is personalized to, to what the guest is actually looking for. So it's, you're adding value to their stay. Higher profitability through increased guest spending. Richer guest data. So here again, we are, we are closing the circle, which you can then use for future personalization and greater utilis uh, utilization of your properties amenities. So you will find that many customers are open to buying a more expensive product than they initially planned, as long as it represents good value, is convenient, 
and feels like adding um, value or something relevant to their stay. Let us look at the booking engine, uh, at, the, at the guest journey. Yeah? So I have it sorted a little bit here. You could actually move it around and it's just examples of what you could upsell to your guests. Pre-stay and booking. Can be personalized offers, can be targeted marketing campaigns, can be birthday specials, can be stay anniversary offers, um, seasonal offers, flash sales. We all know Black Friday and, and all of this. They were created by marketing departments. Loyalty programs, local offers, parking, vouchers, gift cards. Pre-arrival and check-in. We can also room upgrades, breakfast, special room features, extra add-ons, early arrival, late checkout, parking local offers, during the stay, food and beverage, on-property promos, spa and wellness, late checkout, faster internet, local offers. And checkout and post-stay, you could offer a taxi, transportation, vouchers and gift cards, discounted stays or amenities for the next day, loyalty programs. I'm going to a, to a supermarket chain quite frequently, where every time when I'm leaving, they are giving me some bonus for uh, next time you buy, you spend this and this much in vegetables, you get this and this off. That's actually in the moment when I'm leaving. I already did my shopping, but I take these tickets with me home and I use them next time. So this is very commonly used in, in a lot of industries and we need to apply that. And I think that all of you have, have done these kind of upsells in certain moments, but are you really doing it uh, frequently, aggressively, and with the way of thinking of that you're not just doing this to, to get more money out of your guests, you're, again, doing this to make their stay nicer. You're doing this because it, it fits to what they are looking for. And that's how we need to, need to see the upselling nowadays. So partner with local businesses to expand your hotel's reach. I think that this is a very important topic. Um, it can be the, the shop which is in your hotel lobby. It can be some, some other company. And if you look at the most successful loyalty programs in the world, for example, one of them is Miles and Moore from the Lufthansa Group. They all work with different partners. You, are not, you cannot spend your points only on products from, from airlines. You are also collecting points with different partners, like doing a free now taxi ride, and you're also collecting points. And you have the ability to then buy some new Bose sound system with it, or some new trolley you're traveling with. So try to be open-minded to, to partner with local businesses within your city, within your hotel. So after all, let's come to the takeaways from this presentation. Raw data is valuable in and of itself. Clean and usable data quickly becomes a decision-making tool, information. Knowing and understanding your guest is foundational to deliver the expected experience. Personalized marketing is beyond just using their name. Better understand your guests through market segmentation Behavioral segmentation looks at how guests behave, RFM analysis, recency, frequency, monetary. 
and think about the one-third of revenue from Amazon. <laughs> Upselling is offering your customers relevant extras to make their stay or event even better. And cross-selling involves selling ancillary products or services. There are many, many moments during the guest journey where you can up or cross-sell. And with the right technology, you can even automate this process. Thank you very much. Open for your questions. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. Just wanted to, to um, yeah, ask if someone has a question right now from the audience. Ah, yeah, Ula, just one second. Um, I'm actually wondering, as you've mentioned at the very end, that you can automate the whole process of gathering the data from your guests, and you've been comparing data so far from Amazon, for example, and I think in hotels is still quite important, like, I can hold that if you want. <laughs> okay. um, it's quite easy to get the, 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 still the human error of having that data correctly. And from also what I remember on my reception days, I really didn't in the end care that much about putting that data in, but actually serving the guest that was in front of my face uh, and making that experience. So is that, in your opinion, is there enough technology out there for hotels to capture all of it at every stage and every touch point of the, yeah. of the journey. I don't remember actually who was was saying this on a, I saw it in the moderation a couple of years back, but it was um, if you have a shitty process and you digitalize it, then you have a shitty digital process. So <laughs> it is definitely uh, true what you're saying that this is a very important point, but technology or a certain automation cannot help with if somebody is putting the data wrong into the system. So that gets to the point that for me, data really needs to be a culture. You need to live it, you need to, to have these processes in place and make sure that this is really important and that, for example, the front desk employees are taking care of this. At the same time, you make it um, you make the job more interesting and nicer for them if they also then start using this data so they are the data collectors but they're also using this data by upselling for example and um, having then certain bonuses for example for them when they are upselling so then in the end it's a win-win situation for everybody so we have an additional question Dominic yes Dominic from Onmari uh, hello I really like this, this uh, let's say, CRM stuff at the end, you know, but what I'm, I'm really fearing is a little bit how, how the hotels really can implement this and practically. Of course, the luxury hotels, they do it at certain points. I, I agree with that. But uh, many of the things like upselling during the stay and so on, and everybody from us is traveling, and it's really, really hard to find good examples where this kind of data is used and implemented in certain ways. So, yeah. What do you say about that, or do you have any ideas how you can improve this kind of that the implementation will will take more place? So absolutely, I mean it's true. Yeah, it's not that we can say okay one day to the other and I implement here a huge and expensive CRM. No, um, but there's many ways where we can maybe even without a CRM use this data. So first of all, data collected during the um, during the booking process is something we can use. We all have marketing systems where we send out newsletters and so on. If we there have a certain segmentation by market segments, so. 
local offers only to people which are locally instead of blasting it to everybody or to certain gender groups. That's something you can start with. Um, on the property side, yes, you may be not having an interface between your POS, your PMS and this and this, but you have arrival lists with guests, you have a note field there, you can leave certain things there. It's, certain, it's little things which are already making the difference with, with which you can start working. So I think um, there's a long way and there's many, many possibilities, but even though you start with just what you're having, just with your working with your PMS system, with an Excel sheet, with your HubSpot marketing tool, whatever you're using, it's better than not doing, not doing anything or not working with this data. Thank you. So I see we could discuss, discuss this topic like forever, but we have to interrupt it right now. But if you have you. any questions, please don't hesitate to, um, to talk to Sandro again afterwards. And yes, we will start our next presentation in a few minutes again. Thank you. <laughs>